Hello and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadia States, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745, or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. See many, too many parents today gonna whip their child, and we we hide behind. If I whip my child, they're gonna call DSS, and they're gonna take my child. Well, your child already frustrated you. Child already made you mad. You already threatened to put them out. Now, why are you worried about DSS taking them? Why are you worried? You you already threatened them. I'm gonna put you. You uh, uh, whip them. Let me tell you something. You can't wait until they get 15. You cannot wait until they're 15. One of the things that we know about God is that he's merciful, he's loving, he's kind, but he's also a just God. Are you listening? The examples in Scripture show us the various components of God's character and God's nature. All right? When King David, King David, mind you, the king of the nation of Israel, a man of power, a man of authority, when he takes Uriah's wife and he has Uriah killed to cover up his sin, God sends the prophet to David. And God punishes David, the king. Read 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. The prophet said to David, now therefore the sword shall never. Listen now, I said the other Sunday sometimes that, you know, we, we, we don't want to deal with the fact that a lot of stuff that's happening in the world is God's judgment upon us because of our sin. Because we just want to deal with a merciful God. All right? But we need, to, we need to look at the scripture and you need to fear God. I'll say it again. We need, to, we need to start fearing God again. What is it going to take for us to fear God? A lot of times we don't fear God because we do what we want to do. He said, the sword shall never depart from your house because you've despised me and you've taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you in your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them unto you. Now, that was a day, that was a day when men could have more than one wife. That ain't the day today. All right. God said to him, You could have had any woman in Israel. You took this man's wife. He said, I'm going to take your wives before your eyes. I'm going to give them to your neighbor. And he will lay with your wives in the sight of the sun. What you did was in secret. But, what I, would, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. I'll do it so everybody can see. 
What did his own son do? Y'all listening to me? What did God allow his own son to do? And then David didn't get off. That child that he had with Bathsheba died. God is a God of justice. He's merciful. He, he did have mercy on David like he's having a whole lot of mercy on us. You know why we're still living? You know why we're still sitting here today? Because God has had mercy on us. We read the scriptures and we see God's care for the poor and the dispossessed. When he instructs the Hebrew people, he said even when you, when you, when you harvest your crops, he said don't Put all of the crop, crop in the box. Leave some in the field for the poor and the strangers in Egypt or in Israel. We see God setting up cities of refuge when he sent the people into the promised land so that if anybody killed somebody unjustly, unjustly, they could run to the city of refuge until they had a chance to stand before the judge. The psalmist declares in Psalm 94, verses 16 through 23, who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against the evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would have lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O God, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your, your consolations cheer my soul. Can the wicked rulers be allied with you? Those who frame injustice by statute, can they be allied with you, God? They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my stronghold and my God, the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord, our God, will wipe them out. Oh, God has a day set. People who do injustice, God has a day set. You, can, you, can, you, you, you might get away. You might get by, but you won't get away. That's the old saying people used to say. You need to apply that to your life because you're hollering about justice. You need to apply this to your life. You might get by. So, so what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What, what can we do about all of this? You know, I, I know we're looking for answers. But I want to, before I get into that, I want to encourage you. God has not turned a deaf ear to us. God has not turned his back on America and what's happening in this country. Many people in America have turned a deaf ear to God. But God has a remnant of people in America who still love him. God is still concerned about the poor. God is still concerned about the dispossessed. God is still concerned about the disenfranchised. I could go a whole, I could preach, I, I could go a whole, a, a, a lot of different ways right here. Let me just say this. If you're poor, if you feel dispossessed, disenfranchised, what are you doing to change your life? You say, I'm helpless. Are you really helpless? 
would you, there, there, there might be some things that, that you ought to be doing that you don't realize that you ought to be doing. I won't go right there. I'm going to say what the Lord told me to say here. The first thing the Lord said was, remember who we are and the position in Christ that we hold. This is important. As we deal with injustice, remember who we are and the position in Christ that we hold. What does the Bible teach us about this? Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for we... All believers now, it's not just talking about white believers. All believers. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are. Now, now when, I, when, I, when, I, when I thought about that, created in Christ Jesus, you know, I've been dealing with this whole thing about feeling less than others. We'll say, I'm just, I'm just as good as the next man. But many times in our actions, some of us act like we're not as good as. And sometimes in our dealings with people, we act like our mentality is I'm not as good as. You've got to know who you are in Christ. And this is dealing with people in Christ. There is a difference in those of us in Christ and those of us who are not in Christ. God has made us one. He's made us one. So, so I'm just as good as, the, as my white brothers, as my white sister. My opinion is just as good as my white brother and my white sister. So when I deal with them, I don't have to feel like they are smarter than me. They are better than me. Right? People say, and I've heard it said so many times, and it might be the truth. But there's a reason that it's the truth. People say that Sunday morning is the most segregated time in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people say that. And so what do black people do? Some of us. We go run into that churches. What's wrong, with, what's wrong with the ministry God gave me? What's wrong with sitting under my leadership? So some of them need to come running to us. You see, if I have the mentality that America is the most segregated time uh, in the United States of America, but I want all of them to come to me. I want all the black people to come. I, 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 I'm not being insensitive, y'all. I, I, my, okay, I'm just being honest. All right, and we need, all of us need to hear this. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with, 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 with my way of worship. All right? And see, now, unless you pay attention to what's said from the pulpits, unless you read what some of certain leaders say, I know that, that sometimes we've made a joke out of worship. Now, honestly speaking, sometimes we've made a joke out of worship. You got to read and you got to pay attention. So that there's nothing wrong with, with me as a person being the pastor of, of a Caucasian or being a pastor of an Asian. 
You know, if I'm teaching you the Word of God, if, 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 if I'm living right before you and, and leading you and, and our ministry, is, there's nothing wrong with you. But don't feel like it's the most segregated time in America and then you want all of us to run to you. And black people will buy into that and they'll empty our churches. Because we have in our psyche, those of you who are older will, will know this, White is right. I don't know how the rest of that goes, but part of us is black get back. Some of us are old enough. And so some of that stuff, if we're not careful, we will transfer our thoughts into our children. God says, you are the salt of the earth. He didn't say White people are the salt of the earth. He didn't say black people are the salt of the earth. He says, you are. Those of you who are in me, those of you who are saved, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. So we're talking about what happens when you come in Christ. We're just as good as everybody else. And we have got to begin to see and remember who we are. I say that for this reason. Let me, let me go a little bit further. This means that there is an anointing upon our lives as salt and light, as people created to do good works. There is an anointing upon our lives to make a difference in this society. You cannot sit back. You can't sit back and say, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to stand up. There's an anointing on your life because God has, you've been created and you received Jesus as your Savior who's made the difference. There is, there is, there, there is no longer uh, Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, born nor slave, white nor black in Christ. Ooh, let me go a little bit further. Remembering who you are will help remember who we are, will help us to be, to be who we are. Those of us who've been saved, being is important. See, I, I, can't, I can't claim to be a Christian. You know, I can't claim to be a Christian and then run around like in somebody that's not a Christian. can't do that. I, I got to remember who I am so that when I'm in the grocery store, I'll be who I am. When I'm at Applebee's, I'll be who I am. All right? When I'm at Walmart, I will be who I am. Unashamed of who I am and unafraid to open my mouth and speak when the Lord gives me a chance. When I see injustice, and I'm getting into the second point of my message, uh, because we have a duty, we have the duty to do everything within our power all right, to see that justice is done. We have a responsibility, we are not just to be, but we have a responsibility to do. We have a responsibility to do good works, or should I say to do God's work, which is good work. We're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. As salt, we're to season. As light, we're to give light. We're to season every situation that we come in contact with. 
or that comes into, in, into God's presence or, or that we come in contact with or that comes into our presence with God's presence, with God's standard, and with God's character. We got a res- character. We got a responsibility to do that. We have a duty. I'm talking about those of us who are in Christ to, to do everything within our power to see that justice is done. We are not to sit back and do nothing. Your influence may not be like my influence, but you have influence. And my influence may not be the, as great as somebody else's influence, but whatever the measure of our influence and the power that we have to see justice done in the world, we've got to do it. That means speaking to our coworkers. That means speaking to our friends. That means speaking to our governing officials from a knowledgeable. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and he quoted a statistic that was wrong, and I went back and looked it up. He was saying 500 black people have been killed in America between January and July. Now, I could have repeated that, and I would have been just as wrong as two left shoes on the right foot. Now, it's been enough killed, but it's been 136 black men or black people killed by police officers. Now, that's a statistic. All right? There are a lot of others. So when I talk, I need to know what I'm talking about. That's what the officer said the other night. There are two sides to every story. Have you ever been in an argument? How many of us got sisters and brothers? Have you ever been in an argument with your sister or your brother and you went to your parents and they started telling their side of the story? You know, but mama, it didn't happen that way. Listen to me. Uh, mama didn't listen to what I said. Because there are two sides to every story. Well, somebody said there's three sides. <laughs> there's your side, my side, and God's side. But we have a responsibility Listen to me good. To speak to situations from a knowledgeable biblical perspective about situations and circumstances and how they, those in, in power, and this is what we have to deal with. We have to deal with those people in power along with us can bring about change. God's work. Not just helping flood victims. Not just feeding the hungry, but standing up for justice. Enacting legislation you, that, that's going to ensure, that's going to ensure that everyone is, well, treated the way God wants them to be treated. Psalms 82, there's a mandate in verse 3 and 4. I'm almost done, y'all. Defend the cause of the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. What we're seeing in America today is people who are hiding behind the religious right, but they're not defending the cause of the poor and the needy. They're not defending the cause of the fatherless, the orphans. They're not rescuing the weak and the needy. And they're not delivering them from the hand of the wicked. We need to start speaking up. We have to do it, and we have to challenge our judges and our police officers 
our elected officials to do the same. You have a voice. You got this voice, and you've got the vote. How many people feel like, I, I know you see me voting this year because my vote is not going to matter. You just shut your voice down. Then when you decide that you're going to go out and rob a store and you go to jail, maybe not rob a store, but you do something stupid. Listen to me, young people, and hopefully not older people, but hopefully we got old enough to know. You want to sell drugs because you need money and you need fast money. You just decided, when you decided to start selling those drugs, if the Lord doesn't have mercy and deliver you, you just decided you were going to go to jail and you're going to lose your voice. You just decided that you were going to go to jail and lose your voice, your right to vote. You got a voice. You got a voice in your house. You got a voice with your children. You got a voice with your grandchildren. You got a voice with your nieces and your nephews. What are you doing to make a difference? What are you doing to change your house, to change your community? What are you doing? You see stuff that you know is wrong, and you keep your mouth shut. When you get on the level with your children, they start cussing you out, and you start cussing them back. But that's just the way we talk. That's the way we were raised. But you don't see that there's something wrong with that? Why, why would you allow your child who is two, three years old to hear cursing your spouse or cursing somebody else and to see you fighting in your house, why would you allow them to grow up in that knowing that children learn what they live? So when, 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 when our children grow up and they see us fighting, tussling and, 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 and cussing and, and, and we're supposed to be the ones in authority, then when those in authority come at us, then the only thing we know to do is fight back. We don't know submission. We don't know backing down. We don't know keeping our mouth shut. Because I got a right to speak. I got a right to defend myself. But common sense will tell you that if I got a gun and all you got are your fists, then you need to back down. You need to, you need to, you need to cool it. You need to say, yes, sir. Because my life, your life depends on sometimes your attitude. At, at that point, ain't no sister saying, well, white people don't have to do it. Crazy. You all want to live. Get out of the situation and then deal with the other side of it. But right now, you all want to live. 
Lastly, I said I was almost done. Look to God. I, I got to come back to that because this, uh, was it Andre Crouch that wrote that song that says Jesus is the answer? Or was it Walt Talking? Somebody, one of them, way back. We got to look to God. We got to trust God now. And we have to hope in him forever for his intervention, for his delivery. And the fact that God will eventually put things right. And we, we got to do this understanding that we've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. That's why the Lord gave me that middle part of that message. Because here we are, we're demanding of God to intervene when we don't want to submit to God in our lives, in our everyday lives. So we're demanding God to stop the shooters when we don't want to stop fornicating, we're saying, God, take away his right to be evil. Well, let me have my right to fornicate. Let me have my right to commit adultery. Let me have my right to live like I want to live. God said, no, 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 no. I created all of you in my image and my likeness. Now, there are consequences for your sin. And in the end, I'm going to put it all right. In the end, I'm going to put it all right. Uh, some of you probably sitting back, well, what happens when, when, when we say good people? So you don't know good people. You're just looking at what you think, think is good people. You know, the only reason, only way you can really answer that question, if you have really lived right before God and you get shot and killed, then you ask God, when you get to heaven, God, why did I get killed? And the reason I say that is we go by what we see with the natural eye. And we judge things from a human perspective. What does the Bible say God does? He looks at the heart. God knows if our hearts are far from him. And all the good that we do in society, God knows if our hearts are far from him. And there are times that God allows saved people to die. But if God allows saved people to die, there's a purpose in it. Say, why did God allow Stephen to be stoned to death and Paul to live? There was a purpose in Stephen being stoned to death. Scripture is the truth. All things work together for the good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. It may not feel good to us, but God has a purpose in it. So don't lose your faith in God. Young people, don't cast God away. There are things that you're getting. And I say, I'm not just saying this to you. I say this to my son. Son, you have a foundation. You know things that some of the people you're dealing with don't know. All right? You have somebody that, that, that you, you, have, you have teaching. You have direction. You have wisdom. That some, don't cast God away. God put you where you are to influence other people. Don't cast God away. You need God. You need God. There's an old song that says, if the Lord don't help me, I won't be able to stand. If God doesn't help us, we won't be helped. Some people put their trust in princes. 
Some people put their trust in horses and chariots, but we put our trust in the name of the Lord of hosts. And God is victorious. He has never been defeated, and he never will be defeated. Don't cast your faith away from God. The Bible says, don't cast away your confidence in God, for it has recompense of great reward. You may not see it right now. Maybe you think your life has gone well right now, but there's going to come a day that you're going to need the reward that your faith and your confidence in God will bring to you. Now we see through a glass darkly. If we listen to God, God will begin to open things up to us and show us things. We may be biased and we may be finding situations and circumstances and say, well, that doesn't fit into that. But uh, no, overarching plan of God, one thing is true. He created us in his image and his likeness. All of us. We are free moral agents. He does not violate our freedom. And we cannot demand God to stop the evil and somebody's heart to kill somebody while we reserve the right to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And we refuse to submit to God's standard. We literally, we refuse to do what God says do. Let's stand.